Welcome to this Tuesday, July 26th episode of The Elephants in the Room. We're doing a great job staying on our schedule. I'm we really did. proud of us. So far, so far, we have not knowingly lied to you about when we're going to record, which I think is a positive. We're building trust with our audience. We're building trust, building a rapport. Yeah. <laughs> building a rapport with our audience. And let me tell you. Oh, actually, speaking of building rapport, I want to get this in now before you go. Um, you can get in touch with us two ways. We have an email address. You can contact us at EITRPcast at gmail.com. So like elephants in the room, but all the letters, pcast at gmail.com, if that was clear. And then we're also elephants in the room podcast on Instagram, but we have periods between each word. I know Max is giving me this look. Elephant. Like- Period in period the elephants period. So yeah, find us, uh, email us your thoughts. Find us, uh, watch our hilarious. Well, I think they're hilarious reels on Instagram. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting to know y'all. Yeah, okay. launch into it. Launch into it. Launch into it here. Press go. This is how it works. <laughs> yeah. This is how recording show. This is how doing doing a talk show works. Um, well, as a former producer, you would know more than me. I am just a executive producer. Shellacky. <laughs> don't, 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 don't cheat my titles. <laughs> what was that about excessive pride? Uh, today we are gifted a an op-ed that helps explain why we started the show, or at least highlights one of the reasons why we started this show. And for those of you who are new. The purpose of the show and the genesis of this show stemmed from our experiences being, generally speaking, the only two conservatives in the room wherever we are. And whether it's at work, whether it's in a social atmosphere, gathering with people, whatnot, we tend to be the two conservatives, right? Shockingly, there are conservatives in the world. Um, and there is a, an op-ed today in the Financial Times Historically, a conservative-leaning no. newspaper. Yeah, back in it's the financial. day. Well, maybe back in the back maybe in the day. Maybe I, okay. Maybe. I mean, back in the day when it only focused on financial and business news. It's pink and it's European. How how conservative can it really be? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, there is a, uh, an art an uh, an op-ed written titled corporations can't win america's culture wars uh and the article uh was written by a man named andrew i'm assuming a man i'm assuming his gender his name is andrew edgecliff johnson at financial times and um he 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 starts off the article by pointing out that right now corporations seem to be caught in between both sides of the political spectrum by the standards of contemporary campaigning, it was a mundane press release. Color of Change, a racial justice group, released a statement last week demanding that corporations stop funding politicians who restrict women's access to abortions. Now, I don't know what abortion has to do with racial justice. We'll get there. Because you'll come to see that it does. Color of Change is far from the first progressive organization to accuse corporations of hypocrisy for allowing attacks on reproductive rights while offering to cover travel expenses for employees needing out-of-state treatment after the Supreme Court last month ended their constitutional right to dismissal. 
What was striking about his petition, however, is that many of these companies are simultaneously under attack from the right. Conservatives in Republican-controlled states have threatened to strip contracts from companies such as Citigroup, which they say are helping women end their pregnancies. We've also seen what went on in Florida when it came to Disney and the messages that they're pushing in their movies um, and Governor DeSantis's response to that. So the article gives a what I'm going to call a very well-balanced look at, hey, when an issue comes up, all of a sudden on Twitter, social media, whatever it is in the media, both sides are going to go after a company because a company, because in these day, this day and age, you can't stay silent, right? Silence is violence, so you have to make a statement. But that statement may also be violence if you do not adhere to the latest left-wing beliefs set out by Twitter that morning, right? If you're not up to date on the latest left-wing beliefs that are being decided on Twitter, you could still find yourself foul uh, of these regu- uh, of of these new uh, uh, social justice regulations that the left is trying to impose on us. And but the but the op-ed goes on and this is where we start to see what's actually happening. And while the author doesn't get into it for obvious reasons, he's a journalist, he wants to keep his job, he can't actually do journalism. <laughs> he does however highlight a point that allows us to delve into this phenomena. He writes, but simply issuing fewer press releases won't guarantee a quiet life. Business leaders should also give serious thought to activist claims that their funding has enabled a style of politics that many traditional rulers privately loathe. If these companies want to stop being political punching bags, they need to align their political giving with their stated values, says Evan Feeney, deputy senior campaign manager for Color of Change. Too often, he says, there is a disconnect where companies say they support access to abortion or they support democracy, but they finance candidates who oppose those values. Oppose values, but potentially are in favor of their business needs. So this point, along with the point about this being a racial justice group that's now focused on abortion, what this Evan Feeney does is accidentally let the cat out of the bag. He quietly says the part out. He 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 says out loud the quiet part, mm-hmm. which is essentially, if you don't, if you want us to stop, you need to agree with us. And if you don't agree with us, we're gonna harass you until you do agree with us. And you want to know what agreeing with us means for groups like Color of Change? It means money. It means we want the check. Open up the purse. Open up the checkbook. Write us a check. We'll put out a press release saying how you are a responsible corporate citizen and we can go our separate ways. So I don't want anyone to get the impression out there, though, that this is new. Because when you read this article and you read this op-ed and the tone of the op-ed, it makes it seem like this is a new strategy. That this is twenty, this is the twenty-first century. It's twenty twenty-two. It's social media. People are going to get upset online if you don't agree with their personal beliefs. 
And I'm here to tell you that this has been one of the longest running scams in the radical left-wing playbook book. And it doesn't get enough of a highlight because it hasn't be, but we, we, we need to go back, go back decades, decades, decades. Let's take us back to the 80s. Now at the end of the 80s, two gentlemen were huge in the news for different reasons. One gentleman was launching his, I believe, second bid for Democratic presidency. This is a man that had been in news. He had close relationships with Martin Luther King Jr. You may know him as the founder of the, uh, I forget what his organization is, the Citizenship Education Fund. You may know him as the Reverend Jesse Jackson. Oh, boy. The other man you may know came to prominence during the Tawana Brawley hoax in New York City. Another reverend, a reverend named Al Sharpton. Now I'm going to remove reverend from the title that both of these men need to be called because I don't believe anything these men have done in their life resembles anything that would be deemed biblical. Well, unless you are looking at people who the Bible tells you not to emulate thieves, charlatans, the like. Now, in 2000, there was a book called Shakedown that came out, early 2000s. It was written by a man named Ken Timmerman, and it exposed the Jesse Jackson racket throughout the decades and how Jesse Jackson and then later on Al Sharpton had a pattern of C Company in the News, make up a claim about them that they're being racially discriminatory, boycott said company, company writes them a check, Jesse Jackson goes away, Al Sharpton goes away. So it's like a gang or, or the mafia. Some people may call it extortion. Yeah. This is from March 27th, 2001 from the Washington Post. Keep this in mind, Washington Post. When Jesse Jackson announced early in 1999 that he would not make a third stab at the Democratic presidential nomination, he said he wanted to spend less time inside the Beltway and more time tearing down the walls of Wall Street and ensuring that blacks share in the wealth of corporate America. Okay. As Jackson crisscrossed the country, uh, berating company chairman and promoting his citizenship education fund, a fund nearly quintupled its revenue in one year. Its income went from $2 million in 1998 to $9.8 million in 1999 and more than $10 million in 2000, almost all from corporate grants and sponsorships. Hmm, interesting. But, but now, this is 2001, now in the wake of embarrassing disclosures about the Citizenships Fund payment of $40,000 to a staff member with whom Jackson fathered a child with in an extramarital affair in 99, the 59-year-old civil rights veteran is facing questions not only about how his personal and public lives intersect, but also about the propriety of his fundraising machine and the methods he uses to get corporate leaders to contribute to his cause. Jackson, in two interviews, freely admitted to using the threat of boycotts to get the attention of companies, he says, having long, quote, redlined or excluded blacks or other minorities in hiring, contracting, and providing access to capital. Redlining is economic apartheid. So, yes, we say if your customer or your worker stop boycotting us or we will boycott you, then if the company awakens to its corporate responsibility and contributes money to his movement 
or awards contracts or sells divested businesses to black entrepreneurs, his threats become even more justified, Jackson said. Now, did, did he give that money to all of the people who were affected by the redlining? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Or did he put it in his own pocket? It's sort of rhetorical. Sort of rhetorical? <laughs> if you look up rhetorical, if you look up rhetorical question in the dictionary, that's the example of one right there. Did Jesse Jackson use his ill-begotten gains through extortion to help black communities, or did he just use it to enrich himself and pay off his baby mamas? The answer is he used it to enrich himself and pay his baby mamas, as he did, as Al Sharpton did, as the Black Lives Matter women did. $60 million, poof, up in smoke, never to be seen again, unless you want to visit their $3 million house or the $4 million house or the millions that went to the cousin or the millions that went to the friend with the marketing company. Yeah, this is classic. And so this is what I wanted to bring up. Because corporations, businesses, anyone who runs an organization, you are always going to lose. Point number one, you're never going to be radical enough. You're never going to be left enough. You're never going to be progressive enough. You're never going to be on the cutting edge of politics enough to keep these fringe elements in society away from your pocketbook because that's not your job. Your job is to keep your business afloat and to grow and to pay your employees so that they're happy and your business continues to grow. Your job isn't trying to figure out what the latest direction of where the political winds are blowing. Number two. Not only are they never going to like you enough and your pocketbooks are never going to be deep enough, the more you placate groups like Color of Change who are going to make up nonsense about you in order, in order to extort you, you are going to end up alienating many of your employees and many of your customers by trying to be as woke and as liberal as possible. Now, every company and 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 i know katie has an example of of this today but every company and we always say this every company keeps saying we want you to bring your true self to work and all of these companies over the past couple of weeks have said we'll pay for your abortion we'll pay for your abortion we'll pay for this we'll pay for that oh are you upset about the ruling take the day off take a mental health day take as much time as you want go on an abortion vacation black lives matter go protest take the day off go protest Planned Parenthood will match your donations to Planned Parenthood. How do you expect to compete for the top tier talent in this country when you're telling 50% of the country your values aren't welcome here? Who do you think is picking up the slack for those woke employees that you have who have a childish emotional reaction to every piece of news they have no control over, leave work, need to go cry to their therapist, who do you think's left behind doing all the work that these liberals leave for their coworkers to do? Probably some pretty upset apolitical people who are wondering why there is a standard in a company for one group of people and why there's a standard in the company for another group of people. 
and why political act and the more of this left-wing political activism that's accepted by corporations the harder it is for them to keep and retain people who just want to go do their job yes and no i think the problem is there is a lot of fear of conservative workers of losing their job and not being able to keep working in a company that pays well or in an industry that pays well because so many of those companies are this woke and liberal. Like, where are you going to go once you've been branded? Well, it's not so much about the employee coming out and being like, I'm against all of this. I'm just saying these are people who are going to vote with their feet. I don't need to make a statement. I, I don't need to go to complain to HR. I'm just going to go work somewhere else. Well, I, don't, I just don't think that's happening. Sorry. I think it's starting to in some cases. Where do you see that evidence? Well, the evidence that I see of it is people are fleeing liberal cities. Yeah, but they're keeping their job. It's remote. They're keeping their jobs, but they're starting to flee this nonsense that liberal policies have enacted. And I'm not saying that all of these people are intelligent enough to understand what they're fleeing because I work in the tech world and I know that these people, half of them, I wouldn't trust with a butter knife. (laughs) Okay? These are people who are deeply unstable and deeply uneducated. They're great at following the rules. But that's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if there is a segment of the tech population that may be more libertarian than conservative but is going, I had to go to these urban centers to get these jobs. These places are complete hellholes. I'm out. Yes, that is happening. But they are not saying, I'm annoyed with all the liberal nonsense on my Slack channel. I'm going to leave. They just mute the channel. Well, they just mute the channel. But I think people do look for opportunities more and more in our generation that align with their values. Maybe, but I'm... I'm not seeing it. <laughs> I'm simply saying I don't believe it is a good retention strategy. If you are a business to go openly, full-blown, left-wing, I'm going to let my left-wing employees do whatever they want and everyone else has got to pick up the slack because you do know that that's happening. You've seen it. We've all seen it. We've all experienced it. We've all experienced a coworker going, I had a bad reaction to a Supreme Court decision. I'm not coming into work today. If you are under the age of 35 and work in the tech industry, you have experienced a coworker leaving you high and dry because they had an emotional reaction to something in the news, whether it's climate change, whether it's abortion, whether it's gun control, whether it's Donald Trump winning the election. These people are losing their minds at everything that doesn't go their way. And I can speak from firsthand experience. I have had to cover for coworkers who just leave work because emotionally they can't handle the news. That's a real phenomenon that's going on. Yeah, I mean, maybe I just work somewhere different, but I, like, guess people have taken that off. But in my opinion, we have unlimited vacation. So if that's how you want to take your unlimited vacation, I don't really care. I'm just going to simply end, end, this, end this with this. Michael Jordan once made one of the most well-known quotes in marketing of all time. Republicans buy sneakers too. Meaning, meaning if you're going to go out there and push all sorts of left-wing politics, Republicans probably aren't going to buy your shoes. 
Yes. I think you have more of a case to show that customers are leaving companies oh, than I, employees leaving companies. Well, I'm going to simply say this. Republicans design, manufacture, market, and ship sneakers too. Right. But it's... It's a lot easier as a customer to be like, mm, I'm not going to spend my dollars here. I'm going to put them over here than I for an employee that. to uproot their life and go work somewhere else and interview. It's a, it's a lot bigger of a hurdle. I agree with that. I 100% agree with that. Than taking your money elsewhere. It's a lot easier to mute a Slack channel and move on than go and find a new job. I agree with that. I agree with that. I am just simply throwing out there as an idea that if you're going to if you're going to hire a whole bunch of left wingers with degrees in basket weaving who think that they're going to be professional protesters on their job well see this- and you're going to and you're going to throw in a smattering of conservatives around them i can guarantee you the group of people who are going to leave immediately well, this is where I'm. I'm inter- my analytical mind comes in to play. It's like, show me the facts. Like, show me where you're seeing it. Like, I'm not seeing it. So, I'm next s- time around, in a couple of months, keep your eye on it. Come back and show me that employees are actually. Leaving. So you think you? So let me throw this back at you. You think corporations are in the right to be left wing politically active? You don't think that that would hurt any employee retention? No, I like if your company if your company said we're now sending all our we're we're doing a, a corporate giving match to Planned Parenthood. They already are, and people aren't leaving because of it. See that just that just strikes me as 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 surprising, because I think people are going to start leaving places. Where are they gonna go? Where are they gonna go? They're going to go to a company that doesn't think that everything needs Name to be political. Name me a top-tier company that doesn't do it. Well, it doesn't. What do you mean top-tier company? Like, if you're telling me that people are going to leave Google, Facebook, Amazon for companies that aren't political, where are they going to go? Go work for Lockheed Martin. That's not. It's a completely different industry. They don't you're even telling, have telling, the jobs that they do. You're telling me planes don't have computers. I'm telling you're telling you, me you're telling me the you're telling me the latest military jets don't have computers and pro- computer programs in them. I'm telling you they're different jobs. I'm telling you. I'm telling you they're not different jobs because these are people who are told what to do. Make this program. Do it. <laughs> you're not going to get much <laughs> engagement if that's your management style, but anyway, this isn't a podcast about that. <laughs> I'm just simply I'm simply pointing out the fact that I think that it's a terrible strategy to let your left-wing employees do whatever the heck they want. That's my opinion. Yeah. And that that's your opinion. Um but the good news is that this isn't impacting uh, important institutions. Um so, as we all know, there's been a big push in the Biden administration to get the, the military more left-wing, more woke. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, how do you think their employee retention is doing? Not good. Early. Interesting. Now, why would you say that? Well, like 90... See, that's the difference. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, interesting. Let me... You going know, to let me say my point? Or are you just oh, going to talk I'm over I'm interested me? to hear this. My point is that the majority of employees at those tech companies are liberals but the majority of people in the military are conservative so yeah when you try they are majority i don't agree with the i don't agree with the political part majority of them are conservative. you want to tell me that the majority of the military voted for joe biden 
probably that really not. what you're telling me? Right. But I, I think, so there you, I go. think you would And be, you want to know the majority of the employees at tech companies? Yeah, they voted for Biden. I think you'd be surprised. It's a completely different base. So I think you're making my point. I don't think I am making your point. I think you're making your point. Whereas no, a company, your point was that if a company goes down the wokeism, they're going to lose employees. But they're not if their employees are already of that way, of and, that ilk. But, but in the military, they are not of that ilk. So now you are trying to impose on them something they don't agree with. The majority of them don't agree with. Whereas a tech company, you are doing something where the majority of them agree with it. And what about the minority that don't agree with it? Might they vote with their feet? At the at the tech companies? Yes. We'll see. I haven't seen it. Well, anyways, here's my evidence that people are voting with their feet. The Army, uh, their recruitment basically doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> um, it's not a laughing matter because we do have an all-volunteer force. But this is a real issue that the Army has only reached 40% of its enlisted recruitment goals. 40%. So this is what I say. When I say that kowtowing and placating all of these liberals and woke people, you're turning off a lot of people who aren't... Forget people like, like us who are conservative. You're turning off people who just want to show up and go about their day and not have to worry about any and don't want to think about other, all that political stuff. You're turning people away. And there's no better example of this phenomenon than the United States Army. And the military, you have people from all walks of life, all races, all creeds, all political backgrounds. I don't know if I agree with that. But. I 100% agree with that. I 100% You're agree You're telling me that. there is an even split in the military. I didn't say that. Okay, well, there you go. That's I didn't say I didn't say there was an even split anywhere. It's a completely different base of people. And I, like I said, I think you're proving my point. You're proving my point that companies need to know who, what makes up their employees. And if you're going to go tick them off, they're going to vote with their feet. And the question that companies need to balance is whether ticking off their conservative or Christian employees is worth it in this current environment. The United States Army is learning it's not worth it. But they're still going to continue on. Um, and, and I want to bring up this point because... It's one thing if Coca-Cola or Google or Apple or whoever else want to enforce a set of woke cultural guidelines that everyone must adhere to in your organization. That's fine. Those are private companies. If Google goes away tomorrow, the world continues on. Our lives will change a little bit. But I think people would genuinely be shocked at how little their life would change if Google or Apple just went poof. But you want to know what would change the world if it went poof? The United States military not existing. That's a life and death matter. That is a freedom matter. That is a do you enjoy your national sovereignty matter. That is a, do you enjoy a free election? Do you enjoy picking your leader? Because if you enjoy that, you damn well better have the United States military. Okay, well, here, do you want me to give you information that will help your point? Sure. Okay, I went to a website. I don't know what it is. Statista? Does that sound like a reliable source? Where did the data come from? I don't know. A new poll conducted by the Military Times. There you go. Okay. 
So in 2016, 40% said that they were going to vote for Trump and only 20% said they were going to vote for Clinton. So And 34% said other. Yeah. And in that (laughs) pool, that tells you most are conservative. However, then you look at the 2020 poll and it said 37% for Trump and 41% for Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. So perhaps your point is taken. Now, I guess the majority of the military is Democrat. I still have a hard time believing that, but okay. I don't believe the majority of the military is Republican or Democrat. I don't think out the military in political terms. I'm just simply saying it, it is an interesting correlation. Then Joe Biden comes in, the social justice warrior pushing the army picks up, and now they can't meet their recruiting goals. There's something to be said about that. And when companies can't hire and retain people and they've got all sorts of problems with their employees, that's one thing. But it's a different thing when it comes to our military. And, as a serious, and that is a serious, serious, serious life or death issue. And it shows that liberal policies are actually impacting the, the national security of this country. And that is a fact. You can write that in stone. It is a stone-cold fact that Joe Biden's policies when it comes to critical race theory being taught at West Point and in other situations throughout the United States military, this has turned service members away. Because you want to know what people who are willing to die for America don't want to hear? That America sucks. <laughs> Not a great tactic. Um, the, 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 the only other point that I have to make about, uh, about this, this, this race stuff is, is that the, the, the media can't stop focusing on it. And you're about to see this, this case in North Carolina really start to probably make some real national news. Katie sent it to me. It was on Yahoo to, today, the homepage, which is one of the top 10 homepages, by the way, in the United States when it comes to news. Um, there's a town in North Carolina, Keeley, North Carolina, where the entire police force has resigned because, well, they won't say, but they believe that they've said it's simply because of working conditions and that they are taking legal action against the new town manager. The new town manager just happens to be a black woman. So what do lazy journalists do? New town manager, black woman, town's police force is mostly white. They must be racist. The police force must be racist. Pay attention to the story because this is the kind of story where it's going to be very easy for the media to push a narrative early on that these evil white police officers hate this black town manager. And I'm not saying that that's not the case because I do not know what caused these police officers to resign. Nor do the journalists who are reporting on the story. You want to know why? Because no one has said anything. Not the police officers, not the town manager, not the town supervisor. Yes, they claim it's because they're uh, for legal reasons. They cannot tell the press why they all resigned. Why they all resigned. You know, doesn't help anyone's case. Uh, but the media likes to take an answer like that, and instead of doing that as the headline, takes that as, well, we can see she's black, so we'll just report on that, even though those facts have never been said. Precisely. Oh, I've got a fact for you. What's that? Kamala Harris. Yeah? Is a woman. What? Her pronouns 
uh, uh, let me. I want to make sure I get her article right. I want to make sure I get her pronouns right. I am Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her. And I am a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. And I'm pretty sure everyone here is a moron because they can't see that. Was she talking to a, a room full of blind people? She was. Okay. Then. Disability activist. Yes. Okay. So, 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 so this was the thing. So, so let's make that point first. And that's a great point, Candy. A lot of people ripped on her for, oh, she was just describing. She was in a room of disability activists doing a roundtable about um, uh, disability and Americans with Disability Act. Um, this quickly turned into a chance for Kamala Harris to talk about abortion. And more specifically, to talk about her pronouns, um, which is great because this is really the only thing Kamala Harris does these days. She shows up at these essentially just photo ops. Photo ops. That's what they are, these photo ops. She shows up, mask on. Of course. States her pronouns, says something unintelligible, takes pictures, goes home. The New York Times has recognized this pattern and on Monday uh, actually wrote an article stating uh, that Kamala Harris is not ready to take over if anything happens to Joe Biden. Uh-oh. I don't have anything to add on to that other than I just think it's absolutely hysterical that the New York Times... Now, remember, this is piggybacking on the story over the weekend of how Democrats want Biden to announce he's not running again before the midterms so that they can run against him in the midterms to try to make the losses to the GOP not as bad as we all believe that they're going to be. This is incredible. I mean, this is a complete meltdown of an administration that is so bad. Even the New York Times, even the Gray Lady, this is the newspaper that covered up the famine in the Soviet Union. That's how committed to communism they are. This is how committed they are to left-wing causes. They covered up tens of millions of people dying in the Soviet Union because that might hurt communisms, the, the view of communism in the United States. That's the New York Times. So for them to be this upset about left-wingers, and by the way, what did they have to be upset about? Just today, we had Biden's economic advisor come out today and go, hey, look, this is the new standard in America in the Biden administration. You know, we're not in a famine. What? Yeah, he said that. And things aren't that bad. You know, there are places around the world where there's a famine. So that's it. That's, that's, that's the new standard for America. That's the new American success standard under President Joe Biden. If you're in a famine or not. If we're not in a famine, things are fine. If you're in a famine, things are bad. When was the last bad. time America was in a famine? Was you know, it the Great Depression? I was about to say, you know. Was that even technically a famine? Talk about, talk, talk about history repeating itself. We've been talking about this heat wave over the past 10 days that America's been experiencing because people are shocked, shocked to find out that the temperature rises in July. In the in the exact middle of summer, in it the, would be the hottest. In the Who exact would have thought? middle of summer, it would be the hottest. Crazy. But it's funny you bring up the Great Depression because you want to know what this heat wave made people realize? Air conditioning is amazing. There was a worse heat wave before. 
and air conditioning was not in around. 19, in 1936, during the Great Depression. So just think about it. Just think about it. You could have been experiencing this heat wave during an actual famine in a depression. What could be more fun? What could be more fun? It's just a hysterical joke that all of us conservatives had. Liberals, liberals have, the, have the memory of a goldfish. They don't understand history. They think whatever they're experiencing right now is the greatest or worst thing that's ever happened to human beings ever anywhere. But we're here to tell you it's been worse. And it'll probably be worse in the future. <laughs> that's, that's some glass half full <laughs> looking out there. Um, it's time to start wrapping this show up. There's really, you know, the, the news, the news roundup that I have here at the end is just, like I said, it's the summer. People are just repeating themselves. This is some stuff to be out on the lookout over the next couple of weeks, though. Biden's going to give a, a student loan bailout. This is coming before September. They have to take action before student loans before September. Or else, people might have to start paying them back. And we will get the money from the magic money tree. Yes. We're going to get the money from the magic money tree. So be on the lookout for that, folks. Student loan forgiveness coming down the pike. Fast and Furious saw an article about it on CNBC yesterday. Saw an article about it in Wall Street Journal yesterday or today. Saw another article about it today. if there's anything that stems inflation, it's printing more money that we don't have. Couldn't be better. This is going to turn it all around, folks. Yep. Masks are coming back. I absolutely refuse. Los Angeles, California. Do you have something funny to end it on? Do you want to end it on? Do you want to end it on Congressman Getz talking about what kind of women protest? for abortions, or do you want to hear about how Donald Trump's plan to be the greatest women's basketball coach of all time? Um, the latter, because I already heard about the Gates thing, and it just wasn't that great. It works better as a social media clip. You got to go look at the social media clip. Okay, tell me about this. Former President Donald Trump took aim at some of his favorite populist targets in a speech on Tuesday. Is this the one that was in Arizona that we missed? This was in Washington, D.C. This was at the uh, America First Policy Institute. And, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of this policy that Donald Trump rolled out today. President Trump, I should say. I tell you what. If I were ever, I'd be the greatest women's basketball coach in history, Trump said. Because I don't like LeBron James. I like Jordan much better. But I'd go up to LeBron James. It doesn't matter. I'd say, LeBron, you have a desire to be a woman? <laughs> because I'd, what I'd love for you to do is star on my team that I'm building up. I'll have the greatest team in history. They'll never lose. Nobody will come within 70 points of this team. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't end it on anything better than that. 
Normally, I would dissect it as to what liberals will say against it, but I don't want to fun us with that negativity. It's a funny joke. I just want to leave that comment by itself. All right. We will see y'all Thursday. Thursday. Bye. Bye.